go, let's go. Mr. David Ingber and Adam Lefko, how you feeling? I'm on the podcast show. Hey. I really suck at the freestyling, but I'm going to do my best because you love freewheeling. I don't know. <laughs> that was great. That was great. That was not, you were not prepared for I that was at not, all. You should have told sorry, me that was going to happen. Well, no, I actually, uh, I just cleared one of my inboxes. So that felt really, while the intro song was going. You can freestyle and multitask? Apparently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, and I'm also working on my posture. Yeah, that's an important thing. You want to know the trick? Yeah. Get your shoulders all the way back yep. and then drop them. I learned then, that from a ballet. And then my fiance said, pretend that uh, someone is pulling a string in the back of your head and then pretend like you're all hanging from that string. You look supernatural right now. This is, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, I'm he's got. so out of frame. <laughs> No, because my posture sucks. Yeah, it's a it's a thing you gotta you gotta have. I'm not great about it. I don't it, have but core muscles. Definitely, I'm, definitely a thing I think about a lot. I'm actually realizing this right now. Uh, this podcast is coming out on a Thursday, which means this Saturday will be the 33rd day of the Eat Like a Homie Challenge. That's right. So on Saturday, I'm gonna give you on Sunday too. If you guys want to hit up the social at Lefko Show. Um, and this is Twitter or on Instagram, but really Instagram because you guys can all DM me on Instagram. Send me the before and the after. Remember, if you're taking pictures of the scale because you don't want to put yourself on social, I completely get it. Just wear some socks. Wear some socks. Show me the before picture and the after picture. If you want to include a story, awesome. And then next Thursday, I'll get to some of the best so I can get through all of them and I'll actually be in town. So to everyone that's done the Eat Like a Homie Challenge... Congratulations. Yeah. You and if, like you, if you've discovered a new recipe or a new genre of food in your, your Eat Like a Homie days and you know your, your journeys, let us know. Yeah. You just discovered Cajun shrimp for the first time? I don't know. <laughs> Hit us up. It's also a recipe. <laughs> um, so that happened. Uh, we are going to have Danny Green, an interview with him, uh, coming up in a little bit. Uh, and it was a good conversation, 12 minutes long pretty much, with a guy that just won the championship. So we were so happy to get time with him. But first, we need to do some real business. Mm -hmm. And there's only one sound that I'm talking about. Season. You bet your ass it is. All right, Ingber, where are we starting? We're only going to do three this week. Okay. We usually count down our top five, but we're going to do three this week because we want to get to Danny Green. Yes, Who, yes, by yes. the way, if you've ever seen like a six foot seven person walk through, a, a, you know, just like walk through a big crowd of people holding the Larry O'Brien trophy, it's the coolest entrance I've ever seen. It really is. It was like a wrestler making an entrance with the belt. It's like a baby that people actually care about. <laughs> you know <laughs> that what I mean? thing was shiny. Because you're holding it and he's so gentle with it. And then everyone's just like, oh my God. It was, it was cool. Uh, anyway. And I like that he calls them Larry's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, I Larry's. got two Larry's. Yeah. And I was like, man. Put a right. bow tie on a call, yeah. Lawrence. Um, all right. So we've got three. We're going to count it down from three. Number three, QB Lamar Jackson. Ooh. He was called not just the fastest quarterback in the league, but he might be the fastest player, period, by the Baltimore Sun. The, the reporter said that? The reporter said that. Okay, now, th this was crazy. Uh, what, what wow, grabbed whoa, me, journalism. <laughs> <laughs> what grabbed me about this was the headline. The headline was, Confident yet inconsistent, QB Lamar Jackson taking command of the Ravens' offense. Mm, That's pretty whoa. Pretty whoa. That's pretty whoa. That, like, you know, the quarterback who's now had a half season as a starter. Yes. Uh, 
you know, fared pretty well in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. You know, did his thing. Yes. Wasn't necessarily going to win, but did his thing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, now he's taking command of the offense. It's kind of like the Kyler Murray thing. He knows the offense better than anyone. You know, he's taking command. I would say that if everyone in the NFL ran a 40-yard dash, I think Lamar would be in the top 20. Wow. Which I, because I, I think when you look back at Louisville and the fact that he ran a 4-3-4, we never got to see him at the combine. Um, but this is a man that, everyone says is genuinely faster than everybody else. What's interesting is I'm realizing that Lamar is one of these players that is going to dominate offseason headlines. Mm-hmm. Talked about last year where they were screaming on the sidelines. I talked about a few weeks uh, last week, Earl Thomas was saying he's blockbuster. Uh, Mike Vick was on this very show talking about how Lamar could be the next, the next Michael Vick. Vick. Yeah. The thing about Lamar that I'm realizing, I have a dichotomy with how I think about Lamar Jackson. Okay. On one side, this is the time of the year when there's no defense and there's no tackling and and you're throwing to open people where Lamar is going to shine. Right, open space everywhere. He has a everywhere. cannon for an arm. He can make all the throws when he needs to. And then when he runs, you go, what can this guy not do? But the thing that we saw with Lamar is when defenses in the NFL can prepare for him and disguise and confuse, can he make the throws that need to be made? The other part that I have with him is he's going into his second fucking year and they went on like a seven game winning streak last year and he carried them to the playoffs as a rookie coming in midway through the season, replacing Joe Flacco, who publicly said in the beginning of the year, I'm not going to do anything to help this guy and then was able to carry them through and play in really tough situations. Like, I'm thinking about that too. Like... Mahomes had his breakout year in his second year. He didn't even play in his first year. Right. So I'm simultaneously going, we're hyping him up too much. And then I'm going, man, if this was a talkative guy that didn't play in Baltimore, maybe he'd be getting more hype right now. So, so where do I'm, you, where do you lie on that I'm spectrum? Somewhere in the, I'm a fucking even five. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. Because I don't... I would love to go, oh, wow, Lamar does great in shorts and with no defenders. But then I also want to go... Why are we not hyping out Lamar Jackson more? I'm I'm a fucking five, Ingber. The other thing, though, is that uh, Lamar Jackson, like Michael Vick, has a career in flag football. If the NFL thing doesn't work out, he'd be a great flag Super football addition. Shifty. Right? Super shifty. Shifty, got the spin moves going. He can work in open field. Yes. Seven on seven, he'd be a monster. My, uh, it'll be interesting with Lamar. I, um, I always want to be an advocate for Lamar because when players don't talk a lot, I like to stand up for them. But I thought that he handled the Joe Flacco thing perfectly last year, where when they asked him, he said something to the effect of, Joe, we're, we're teammates. This is not about winning. We're teammates. Mm-hmm. And the team rallied around him. But I love Lamar. So I would say I'm a little bit more towards we should be hyping him up more and bring me the woes. All right. So we're just going to hype up Lamar on this podcast then. I like it. I'm a six and a half now. <laughs> okay. Six and a half towards hype. <laughs> Great. Uh, so that was number three. Number two, your man David Johnson. Oh, yeah. Okay. He said, quote, I think Josh... Another soft-spoken guy. Yeah. But when he speaks, you know, it has more import. Sure. Right? I think Josh Rosen will be a generational talent in this league. He will become a force with the Dolphins. And I quote, think this was David on the, Johnson. Yeah, I think this was on the Adam Shine show. Uh, it's very interesting because the reason the Cardinals were publicly allowed to trade Josh Rosen was Kyler was a generational quarterback that we've never seen before. And even if you think your guy's really good, you should get rid of him if you think this guy's a generational quarterback. Right. So to use that same word choice you think that for was the him? guy that left, 
I think teammates will always hype up people in tough situations like that. You never know if they really believe that or whatever, but I think Josh Rosen can be a great quarterback in this league. I don't know what you think about Josh Rosen. I've been a big fan. Yeah. He can throw a nice deep ball. Yeah. He seems savvy. He seems like a cerebral guy. And my thing with Josh Rosen is if he wasn't seen as a silver spoon in his mouth, uh, came up wealthy, all this stuff. stuff. I hate that If we didn't focus so much on that... I think we'd pay more credence to the fact that David Johnson was hurt for most of the year. They went through two offensive coordinators. Larry Fitzgerald, who's like 72 years old, was his only reliable target. Ricky Seals-Jones and Christian Kirk were not like his offensive line was a mess. We haven't given Josh Rosen any help. So David Johnson saying this, it's interesting because I'm sure some people in Arizona like some shock jocks going, does this mean he doesn't believe in Kyler Murray? Coming up next on Johnny and the Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do drops after every time you do the radio voice. Uh, what is a generation? Is it 15 years? Is it 20 years? That's a great follow-up question. Because the, the NFL has been around for 100 years. And uh, does that mean there have been only five generational quarterbacks in the history of the NFL? I feel like there's more than that. Wow. Like, and Drew Brees and Tom Brady are essentially the same age. Peyton this Manning is, is essentially the same same age which one is generational of those three they're clearly you know they were born within a few years of each other it's interesting i feel like we do this a lot with the nba where in the 70s we go uh okay that was julius irving the 80s we go magic and bird Mm. the 90s we go michael the early 2000s we go kobe the late 2000s 2010s we go Uh, lebron the early 2000s we go tim duncan thank you very much Tim Duncan, Shaq. You know, there's a. I'm going Tim Duncan, Shaq, big ticket. Yeah. What's really funny is I really think that era is de- dominated by KG, Latrell, Sprewell, and Allen Iverson. When you think of the NBA, just culturally the, yeah. and everything, yeah. But with the NFL, yeah, it's like, do you give that generation to Peyton or Tom? Right. I. I it's, it's the word generational. We've just. We've taken it, we've co-opted the word generational to mean superlative or excellent or, you know, once every few years. But it's not once every few years because pretty much every year there's one or two really good quarterbacks that come out of the draft, sometimes two or three. Right. Yes, Tom Brady, has he owned the last two generations? You know, where does Aaron Rodgers fit in? Where's Brett Favre fit into this Right. Yeah, it's... That it's a it's a word that has carried more weight than he is a great quarterback. Yeah, and and people hear it and they stop. If people had, if if David Johnson had just said like you know what I think Josh Rosen is going to do a great job in Miami, people would have said all right that's a perfectly nice quote, nice little soundbite. It's a nice thing to say. It's funny to think of what words could he have said that would have stopped people if he would have said flatulent. Like we've seen <laughs> he's a flatulent quarterback. <laughs> we would have been like wow that's Josh, a news bite. Josh Rosen is a generational quarterback. It makes you feel something. Yeah. Josh Rosen is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That would stop people. Mm-hmm. People would go, oh, he thinks he's capable of winning Super Bowls. Fucking Nick Foles. Like, Blake Bortles was one game away from competing for a Super Bowl. Like, uh, Trent Dilfer's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Right. You know what I mean? But what other words could he have said? You know what the, the most damning one that he could have said that would still seem positive? Uh, Josh Rosen, he'll be a great fantasy quarterback. <laughs> great fantasy quarterback? <laughs> if, he, if he said that, he'd just drop that. Like, that would just be the cruelest faint praise. He's like Tim Rattay. <laughs> fantasy winning quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if he would have said that he's a true leader, that mm-hmm. actually, I think, makes you look at Kyler. You go, oh, what are you saying about Kyler? That's the other thing, right. So right. it's like, if if he had said something about how Josh Rosen is, what is he, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, if he had said something about he's just got that he's got quarterback body, then everyone would take that as a dig on Kyler. Right. 
He's a tall quarterback. He's a real tall quarterback out there. It is It is interesting, and as I said before, I'm rooting for Josh Rosen to succeed. I'm rooting for Kyler to succeed. I'm just rooting for Rosen to succeed a little bit more than Kyler because I think he's been treated like shit. And I and if Josh Ro- if Kyler Murray wins one, I want Josh Rosen to win two. Sure. That's just how I'm looking at it right now. There's a finite number of Super Bowls to be won out there. It's okay to say that you're rooting for people more than other people. That's totally fine, sure. Yeah. My hand's up in the air, by the way, for the podcast (laughs) listeners. All right. uh, We are down to the last one, right? Yeah. Which means it's time for... Whoa, the off-season. Ingber's hammer. Brace your face. (laughs) That was a drop that was made by a listener of yours, correct? John Barchard... Who is he? He te- he like texted me an audio note of how to rightly say his name because I was making him French. John Barchard, 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 John Barchard, like Orchard, yeah. Who's a, a big time radio host down in Philadelphia at WIP? So took a little time out of his schedule to make this he, drop. He for says us. he's part of the thirty-three percent. I'm fucking down. Respect. Bro. I'm down. Uh, so number one, this is the hammer. What is it? This is your man. Jonathan Abram. Yeah, I'm so happy. He got paid. I know. The man got paid. And it's Give a this pretty... man six plus million on the signing bonus. Beautiful. Eleven plus million for four years. Beautiful. Just lock this dude up. He's gonna be a monster. He's playing well, he's playing with the, the first stringers. Already first stringers. Uh making liter- freestyle. I look I'm looking at it like this. He's already leading the freestyles. They don't want to freestyle anymore because he's coming for people's necks. I go on Vontez Burfik's Instagram, and he's posting multiple pictures and multiple different times with Jonathan Abram saying, we're going to do big things this year. Uh, I'm seeing LaMarcus Joyner claiming that he's like his younger brother. Of all the rookies, Cleveland Farrell was supposed to come in there and be the leader. Josh Jacobs is supposed to be Gruden's pound-the-rock guy. The veterans on the Raiders are loving our boy, Jonathan Abram, our you, beautiful baby boy. And you know it when you see it. I remember I played uh, JV I'm gonna basketball. I'm going to call him right now. Oh, you're just going to call him? I have not told him. I'm going to do it on my phone and make it speakerphone, but keep talking about JV basketball. Oh, just that, like, you know, the, the kids on JV sat in the front half of the bus, and the kids yes. on varsity sat in the back, and we had a freshman that made varsity, and he just, like, went over to hang out in the back. Okay, uh, he picked up. Hey, Abram, I literally just called you because I'm recording the podcast, so don't think anything stupid, but we wanted to congratulate you on signing a contract. Way to fucking go! Congratulations. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's, that's really all I got for you, man. How does it feel? Man, it feels a lot better. Glad to get it over with. Oh, now I'm it's sure. time to get to work and go chase 100 of them now. I love it. Uh, uh, are you going to buy anything really cool? Did you have your eyes on one thing that you're like, when I sign this, I'm going to get that? Uh, nah, I pretty much took care of everything, you know. I got a lot of money off endorsements, so hey. everything's pretty much been taken care of. All right, congratulations. I'm going to let you go. I see them M's in my account. Say one more. You want to see the M's in the account? Dude, you're about to have multiple commas in a bank account. The two comma club. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, I'm going to call you later. Just wanted to say congrats. All right, peace. Jonathan Abram! That was the Lefko cold call of the week. Kush, 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 kush. Burr, it's cold in here. <laughs> ice, uh, ice. Super excited for Jonathan Abram. Uh, I'm happy that he's still picking up, but I'm rooting for him all year. And if, let's say, like week eight, there's a PFF where it's like, according to statistics, Jonathan Abram's the worst performing rookie, PFF's bullshit. Like, my love of Jonathan Abram Trump's, is going to trump fact. Fact. 
Oh, that's an interesting statistic you have there. Be awful if I hit delete on it. Yeah, (laughs) all the time. Ignore. All right, so one thing that we wanted to try and do, which was to start a new segment on the show before we get to Danny Green coming up, NBA champion Danny Green, where... A lot of you guys are part of the 33%, and I appreciate you, but we need to recognize when people go above and beyond the call of duty, and they don't just give their 33%, they give their 133%. Right. So these aren't just woes. These are people that are going above and beyond super woes, the 133%. And if someone out there is going to make a drop for us for this, could they just at some point be like, 133% math? Something like that. I just want the word math somewhere <laughs> prominently in the drop. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so really, the show, if they do 133%, this show comes up to 190, 199%. Right. Damn. That's a lot of podcasts. Give it 200%. <laughs> um, I don't know which ones you're picking. Um, so I'm going to go with one first, and then you go with one second. Okay. I'm going to go Matt Stafford. Uh Apparently, on the injury report late last season, Matt Stafford was a de- it said back injury, and right. nobody knew what it was. The team website writer Mike O'Hara, I guess, dropped this information and thought it had already been reported, and then people went back and realized it had not been reported. That Matt fucking Stafford. Let me take that back. Matt freaking Stafford. You're not allowed to swear. No, I just want. I didn't. That was unnecessary. <laughs> okay. <No, I> <laughs> Played with a broken back last year. Unbelievable. He had broken bones in his back. And what I want to say is, is of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, Matt Stafford has become one of the guys that gets discussed a lot and brought down a lot and made fun of a lot because of his lack of postseason success and how people believe that he's overrated. All I know about Matt Stafford is... There's the NFL Films clip from his rookie year where he finished a drive with a broken arm, like a, a separated shoulder, mm-hmm. and now we're finding out that he played the end of last year. Bro, the last month of the year did not really matter for the Lions. They were not in the playoff hunt. Right. And Stafford's going out there and playing with a broken freaking back. And if you've ever tweaked your back, I mean, you know how debilitating it is, even just a minor thing, just a soreness, just a slip uh, disc. This dude was out there with a broken back playing the in an twisting, NFL. Yeah. The throwing, the sacks. I just want to say, Stafford, now that we know this, thank you for giving your 133%. For sure. That's like a historical 133%. Yeah, it's a look back. Yeah. But it just came out. That's why I, I want to sure. give it to him. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I kind of have one sort of fun one and one more serious okay. one. I don't, we haven't established the paradigm of what this is Yeah, we is don't yet. know exactly what 133 <laughs> is. I guess I went serious. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go serious. No, no, too. go fun one. I'll go with the fun one. Okay. Yeah, make it a sandwich. Uh, I was reading about, you know, I just love reading about the, the training camps that's going on right now and how yeah. Mike Vrabel's keeping it light. Ooh, yeah. Keeping it light. So, Thanks uh, for keeping it light, Vrabel's. 133% to defensive coordinator of the Titans, Dean Pease, mm. who caught a punt to win a contest against the offensive coordinator. Oh, that's awesome. They were doing the, like, you know, old guys OC versus DC. Yes. Got to catch a punt midair. Dean Pease does it. This is a big thing at the end of practice where, like, a coach will go, I'm going to – they typically put up, like, a defensive lineman, and they go, if you catch this punt, we get to leave and no one does sprints. So they brought the coordinators out. They brought the coordinators out. Which I just love that. That that feels very uh, on brand for Vrabel. Yes. Right? He's got his deputies out there. If you guys are going to go out there and bust your ass, then we're (laughs) going to go out there and bust so I love that. It was kind of a Vrabel gets uh, 17% and Dean Pease gets 16%. But he caught it. He caught it. Did the other guy catch it? Uh, I don't he even did know not. No, Arthur is. Smith is the OC. Oh, okay. He did not catch it. 
So the, the and defense the place, won. I'm assuming, went nuts. They went absolutely crazy. They were mobbing him. And uh, the reporter, I uh, apologize, it was from the Tennessean. I can't remember who the reporter is, okay. but he said. Probably Paul Kaharski. Basically said that, uh, that Mike Vrabel has a vibe of Rage Against the Machine mosh pit in practice right now. Wow. I love it. Titans are a sleepy team. Titans and Panthers are two of the hardest teams for me to predict right now because I don't know the health of their quarterback. Right. But I look at the Titans and I go, man, if that line with Derrick Henry and, and all those wide receivers they just got and, and you know, I, I keep seeing development in that defense with Vrabel, I just... Do you ever just on like but a the rainy... the Colts are so good. I on a rainy get... afternoon just watch Derrick Henry high school clips on YouTube? No. Oh, dude, it, it is something to behold. It's on par with like watching Iverson high school football highlights. Yeah. Derrick Henry is just trucking. I would dudes. just imagine it's like the Terminator. Like he busts through a guy and just. Mm, it, it's mm, it's pretty close to that. Like in a cartoon when like nine guys are draped all over someone and he's That's still awesome. running for extra yards. Unbelievable. He ran for something like 4,000 yards. My uh, other uh, 133% <laughs> math. Um, apparently, cornerback for the. I went very serious. Uh, the cornerback for the Colts, Kenny Moore, a hedge, a hedge fund chief, says that not only did Kenny Moore save his son's dog, but by doing so, he may have saved his son. Kenny Moore, uh, parent, well, this guy, the, the hedge fund guy's name is Drew Dixon. His son, Max, apparently was battling depression all the time, so much so that he called him suicidal. And apparently they were in Costa Rica, and on the scraps of a trash heap, he found like an abused and terrified puppy named Chica. He called it Chica. Okay. And his son, through rehabilitating Chica, regained his love for life. That's beautiful. So, so let's let's all realize what that is. You're on the streets of Costa Rica and, and a dog simultaneously saves you as you save the dog. Apparently they moved to Indianapolis and Chica, doing what all dogs do, chasing a squirrel hit by a car. Driver speeds off. Dog left there to die. Kenny Moore pulls up, opens his door, Gets out of the car, goes up to the sun, says, I got you, picked up a bloody, formerly discarded dog, throws it into his car, goes to a veterinarian, goes to a surgeon, saves the dog's life, and the words of the father probably saved his son's life. That's 133% right there. Holy shit. See, now I feel dumb for having chosen like a punt catching contest. This is like I real. Didn't, <laughs> I don't know what I was, re- like what That's mental mindset I was story. in. But for me, you know, he just, Kenny Moore just signed a, a very sizable contract with the Colts. And man, I like when good shit happens to good people. So when I heard that, yeah, I guess I got a mo- I got I got I got a little intense. Sure. Damn. I like uh, it. The, I want to give a shout out to three homies for giving their 133%. One, Mitchell Pansky, who is always making art. And if you go onto the IG page at Lefko Show, you'll see some of the Vic art that he did mm-hmm. to commer- commemorate him being on the show. I want to give a, a shout out to Vincent. And if I say your name wrong, I apologize. Wajaya, who did that Lefko Show art where it's me, Bart Scott, Charles Barkley, and Ernie Johnson right. sitting on a couch like in a cartoon. Like he just did that, bro. Like I appreciate your 133%. And I don't. I don't know if I ever gave credit to Woodmaster 5000 for officially shaving his eyebrows for us. Uh, so that is on the IG Lefko show if you scroll down a little bit. But Woodmaster 5000, I appreciate you actually going through, bro, and shaving those eyebrows. And if you want to make another bet on Blake Jarwin this year, I am happy to do it. Strong, so- strong handle, too. A Woodmaster 5000. It's just so strong. Yeah. Coming up, Woodmaster 5000. <laughs> Timber. <laughs> All right, your other 133%. 
Uh, yeah, so this one is a little more on the serious side of things, but it's uplifting. Uh, Eric Armstead of the 49ers, yep, yep. he's got a really cool charity going. I mean, a lot of these guys have great charities, but uh, they all they all have different they all have different motivations, and this one's really focused on literacy, which I think is really great for an athlete to be promoting literacy a sure. lot with young kids, kids from the inner city. Um, they see them, they probably, they, it, they have, there's a lot of like sports-related things and you know, getting the kids off the street. There's all these amazing different charities that are yeah. happening, but I just really like that this athlete said, I'm really going to focus on getting these kids uh, to read more because, as he noted, Armstead shared these sobering numbers. This is from the, uh, the SACB.com story. More than two-thirds of students who are not able to read proficiently at the end of fourth grade will end up on welfare or jail. Armstead also hosted his annual football camp with 200 kids attending, a man in his element surrounded by giddy kids, locked on his every word. He stressed fitness, fun, reading, and living a good life at any age. That's lovely. I appreciate all four of those things. 133%. We're going to, coming up in July, I'm going to do the Lefko good guys again, where I'm pretty much going to try and find a guy from almost every team that's doing stuff because... As we've talked about here at Bleacher Report, um, and I've kind of explained to them, we are about to enter the time where you guys are going to see a lot of NFL players getting in trouble. But you need to have the paradigm that while it seems like a lot, compared to the greater number of the amount of athletes in the league, it is a small fraction. Do not let the media paint it as though, man, three arrests, arrests in one week, the NFL is really going to the birds. Just I like to do it as a reminder that, yes, if seven guys get in trouble over this offseason that we're about to go into, there's 3,500 players in the league, and there are so many more that are leading communities than being the black eye for where they grew up. So just as this goes on, there will be arrests the next few weeks. Sure. People will get busted for something. People will get in trouble for something else. It's going to happen. It happens every year. Don't get caught up in the Goodell has an epidemic on his hands. I grew up in a town with only 7,000 people, right? And, and I assume that several people would get arrested every week. It's a town, right? If you think about the NFL yes. as like a small town yes. and there's, you know, half a dozen people get arrested. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that doesn't say anything about the larger population. It's just a couple of people got arrested. There was a kid in my town that put uh, poop in the sauce at Pizza I'm Hut. listening. <laughs> And apparently uh, they found out and they shut down the Pizza Hut. And I'd like to say to that kid, fuck you. It was my favorite restaurant. You just deprived people of pizza, which is a crime in and of itself. It also made me think back how many years did I actually eat poop. And with that, let's go to Danny Green. (laughs) We got a chance to interview Danny Green in front of a live audience. uh, And it was a lot of fun. Again, I got a chance to work with Danny Green around the NBA All-Star Game. So here is a nice little short conversation with an NBA champion, Danny Green of the Toronto Raptors. Thank you, guys. I did not get enough. Can I I get more love, please, for the NBA champion, Danny freaking Green? Hey, hey. That's not too bad. Not too bad. So, Appreciate you guys. Danny, I went back and I watched your 2014 championship, and you're going down the Riverwalk, San Antonio Spurs, and you had a T-shirt on and glasses. Yeah, yeah. Man, I see you on this parade. You got the fro out. The you got out, the cigar. Man. You got to let the hair out. Tell me, uh, how special was this championship? How did this feel? Very, man. Um, especially because, you know, five years to get back to the uh, final stage. Um, being traded um, to a whole different country, uh, not just playing for myself, but 36 million people in the country and those within the states that are rooting for, you know, the, the Toronto Raptors. 
So there's Canadian fans everywhere. But um, um, so being with Kawhi, coming off an injury, getting older, having a whole new coach staff, and just having a, a group that did it one year together, you know, gelling so fast. Um, and it was probably the toughest one. So it was really hard. That's why it makes it so much special. You joked in the, the parade. I'm the one that you guys forgot about was in the trade because everyone talked about I was about just Kawhi. the other guy in the trade. Yeah. I, I appreciate him for embracing me. Yeah. But I, the other guy. I'm curious. Nobody really knows anything about Kawhi. And y'all come <laughs> over together. I, I think they do now. Now it's starting to come yeah. out. Board man gets paid. Yeah. But for you... Did you guys have, like, a shared mindset, like, we're going to try and bring something to this Raptors team? I mean, I think that's always been our – everywhere we've gone, every every season we played, um, it started on the defensive end of the floor. You know, we always – as younger kids, when we started out in San Antonio, we wanted to be, uh, you know, hang our hat on that end of the floor. What's up, boy? I mean, um, so every time we step on the floor, we wanted to do the best defensive wings in the game. And we knew we had a shot when we had, you know, Serge, Kalo. And we had a lot of other guys that can, you know, switch down the line, OG, uh, defensively. Obviously, we knew what Kawhi could do offensively, and I know I could shoot sometimes. Yeah. So we knew that would help. But, um, you know, we knew we had the potential to uh, be something special, especially with Pascal becoming the way he was. Uh, you know, nothing short of amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, um, incredibly improved from year to year. Um, so uh, we knew we had a, a very good opportunity and chance to, to make it. All I hear in this league, it's a star-driven league. Mm. And then I look at your team, and it's glue guy, glue guy, glue guy, glue yeah. guy, glue guy. We got a couple stars there. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, they're there. They're yeah. there. But I'm curious, when you win, right, mm -hmm. and there's that moment where you realize the season's over and we get to walk around New York City with the Larry O'Brien yeah. trophy, was it any more special looking at the other guys and going, Kyle Lowry has a ring. Yeah. Marcus Soul has a ring. For sure. That, that's what made it more special for me. And I was so much more happy for those guys who have been in the league for so long and never got a chance to experience like a Marcus Soul. Mm. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, who, who's been knocked out of playoffs early a lot of times by the same team. Yeah. Um, and then some of the younger guys who uh, stepped up big for us. You know, Fred Van Fleet, um, Norman Powell, um, you know, Pascal, who's most improved. And then obviously, you know, me and Kawhi going through a lot of, you know, different stuff throughout the summertime sure. with different teams. Um, and Serge, he'd been in the league for so long. Um, so instead, a lot of those coaches who are new coaches, young, but they've been all over the world coaching overseas. D yeah. Uh, Nick's been everywhere. Really happy and it's special for them because of what they've been through. When you're a free agent, there's a lot of stuff up in the air. When yes. you win a championship and then you're a free agent, does it make it easier? Does it change the way that you approach it? Um, maybe, uh, but I, I don't think it, it depends on really a lot of other people, mm. I should say. Um, and not just Kawhi, but the free agency. Free agency is dictated on a lot of the stars' sure. movement. And obviously with AD going to L.A., that dictates a lot. It changed a lot of free agency. Just That, that opened move. your eyes a little bit? It opened, I mean, a lot of people's eyes and a lot of teams' eyes. So free agency just changed because of that one trade. So you're going to sit back and watch? I mean, and everybody. Of, I mean, I have to. I have to wait till the stars go where they go. And then, and then the teams come to the other guys and say, oh, we need this piece. We need that piece. Is it positional? Like, is there one guy you're like, he'll be the domino to fall for me at small forward? Or is it just stars in general? It's stars in general. Mm -hmm. you know, they, I think each team look for those guys first, what pieces they need within the stars. And then from there, they figure out what other pieces to add to, yeah. you know, complement those stars. You know, I'm a Sixers fan, and you know, and you, hey man, y'all got the four bounces. <laughs> Kawhi put it in. That was incredible. Yeah, I hear everyone talk about Toronto and Jurassic Park, and it's a storyline that we all see. 
But like, is it different for you as a player? Like, is it truly different that ex the international experience? Oh, for sure. Um, I don't think you realize how different because when you get when you're there, it, it seems like just like New York. Right. Um, oh, wow. but until you go around carrying different money, um, they're using Celsius. You know. Um, <laughs> It, That's like, the difference. You know, it's, it's 16 kilometers. What the fuck is a kilometer? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of things are very different there. And they have yeah. milk that are in bags sometimes. Oh, you bagged get, milk. They have bagged milk. They have a lot of th things that are different. And when you go to a steakhouse, they don't have A1 sauce, you know. I just realized I have a vital question to ask you. Go ahead, man. Is the Kauai Apple Time story true? No, I don't, I don't believe you so. You don't think so? No. Do you know how I mean, badly I, I we all want him to sit down at dinner and go, apple time, apple time, <laughs> and they need a dozen apples? I just think people are just making up stories just randomly for the uh, hell of it. But some of them are true. He is a, a funny guy, but he says short <laughs> phrases. But I, I've never seen that happen. No. you never seen I've that I've been happen. with him since the start of his career. I don't remember him at our dinners having a bag of apples and just cutting them up and eating Damn. them. Damn. Uh, existential question for you. Mm. End of game six. You make a pass, goes off the fingertips of Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Hmm. That will never be remembered. It's I erased from the history. <laughs> I hope not. Did they what delete it, it from the... Uh, Bleach Report, we deleted yeah, okay, It's gone. Okay. We handled it. We talked to the, the NBA. Ticker, you know how they have the play-by-play? -play. Yeah, yeah when they go to like greatest games, it won't okay, be on okay. there. What is it like to have a play where in that moment you're like, holy crap, what did I just do? And then the game ends, and no one's ever going to bring it up to you oh, again. Oh, it's an emotional roller coaster, man. So you... You go from suicide watch to oh, Jesus, my life is saved. You know, <laughs> so um, you know, I, I was really happy that they saved me. It was still very hard to enjoy it at first. It took a while for me to yeah let let that play go, but um yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that they, they they saved me. I've had a great time. I got to do the rookie sophomore game. I was doing play by play. He was doing color, so we got a chance to yeah. work together that day. I learned a lot from this guy. Man. Hey man, I'm, I'm the I can be your sensei, but. <laughs> I see you head to toe right now on Puma, mm -hmm. and I like when certain athletes get sponsored when I know they're good people too. This relationship, what were you wearing on your feet? Like, how has this thing blossomed? And, oh, it's and been amazing, man, all year. Um, Puma's supported me and come and give me all types of new gear, colorways, and make sure I'm taken care of. And obviously, you know, they got the jet, so I get to use that sometimes. Get, for All-Star, how I came to actually That's city, how you got there? I got to All-Star, yeah, Puma let me use the jet. Um, but, you know, I got the chain for making it to the finals. Yeah. Our Eastern Conference finals. Um, they, they take really good care of us, man. They got to cut some custom. I was going to wear them, too, but some custom title runs. You know, had We the Champs on it with man. the Raptors, you know, claw coming out of it. It was really nice. They, they've done an amazing job all year long. And what is your relationship right now with that object with to Larry? your left? Yeah, with Larry. Me and Larry are cool. We, You're cool? We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Do you, you know? just sit and look at it? Like, is it no. like a newborn, do you think, where you just want to, like, kiss it for no, <laughs> no reason and be like, you're special? The first special. time, the first time. Gotcha. This time, I still, you don't get used to it. You don't? No, but you try to meet as many Larrys as you can in your lifetime, make as many friends of him and his twin brothers. If Closest you you've seen brothers. anyone to dropping Larry O'Brien? Actually, somebody did drop Larry O'Brien. <laughs> a Toronto Raptor did? No, not a Raptor. Okay. This was in San Antonio. So um, I don't know who it was. <laughs> He's not going to say. Uh, but uh, so they let people. I don't know if they're going to do this in Toronto. But when we won, I guess because San Antonio won so many, they knew how it went. They're like, oh, wow. we had a lot of foreign guys. They're like, we're going to let you guys take the trophy, yeah. the second trophy, because they got one and they get, they get two, because they usually put one in the practice facility and one in the arena. Gotcha. So one of them they kept at home. They took the second one and said, all right, we'll let you guys take it for a certain amount of time. Each player gets at these dates. Uh, you pick dates you want. And then um, – you know, you could bring it around your it town. It was man. It the was other guys man. had it in countries like 
you know, Tiago had it in Brazil and Mano in Argentina. Yeah. The guys went back to France. Uh, and I, I brought it to Long Island, New York, because that's where I'm from. <laughs> but uh, when I got it, there was actually a dent in it. it was just, I don't know who dropped it, but somebody dropped it. There was a dent in it, but I think they had to replace it or whatever, fix it, however they got it done. But man, somebody did drop it. All right, last thing, because I, I, these people want to meet you and, and get autographs yeah, and all that. It. Let's get to it. Um, if you had to kind of boil this down, the thing that you learned about yourself through this journey? Oh, man. Um, just, you know, that uh, regardless of the situation uh, or regardless of the system, um, you know, you got to be adaptable, adjustable. And I think I've been able to do that. I still learned a lot, even from being the older guy, from the younger guys. Um, I've I learned a lot from being a new system. I'm trying to be the veteran. Yeah. I have a different role in the locker room. And, and I learned that, you know, I can – I, I didn't. I kind of questioned myself, doubted myself, to see how well I can change an atmosphere, to change a locker room. Yeah. But uh, knowing and seeing what we've accomplished, I, I know I can have an impact on younger guys. And I never thought I would ever would be a coach. I don't want to be a coach. Right, right, right. But I think I could be good at it. And I think I, I could, you know, said make it's a guys hell of understand. a free agency pitch. Hopefully, I can come to I, your I, locker room. I think I have some veteran leadership that can help. It may have been some times in the court where I didn't. Do great, but I think in the right. locker room I kept guys' positive mindset and helped them mature to become, you know, a winning atmosphere and a mm. winning culture over there. This number is two because that's the amount of championships that Danny Green has. Can I get a round Appreciate of applause you. You. for the Green Ranger? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, how do you like your chips, like Danny? Chips with the dip. Man. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Always great to see Danny. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen with him in free agency. Um, but if I'm ever able to get him in studio, that was an event. So I couldn't really uh, talk to him too much about football. I just want to know where his football allegiances lie. Mm. He grew up in Long Island. So I feel like he might be a Giants fan. But I don't know. I also like that he showed a lot of love to the Toronto fans and the San Antonio fans. Yes. I like when, when guys do that. Because you want to believe when some guy moves on from your favorite team that, it, let's say, he'd been there for five, six, seven years. You want to believe that he still has love for that oh, fan base yeah. that loved him so much. And he got traded. It's not like he just left. He exactly. walked, right? Exactly. He, he, he showed genuine love for both fan bases. And I really dug that about him. All right. So we have uh, done... Which lists right now for the quarterbacks? We've done beer chug rankings, stepdads, and hunger games. Right. And I have decided that this week's quarterback rankings, because we had Danny Green on, and he is a basketball player. And it's summertime. It's summertime. Not the first thought was starting NFL QB dunk rankings. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was all the smaller guys are going to get screwed and we're just going to have Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins and all these people at the bottom. Let's just remember, though, that Spud Webb won a dunk contest. John Wall won a dunk contest. These are right? basketball players, though. <laughs> that is true. But I'm saying if, if Kyler Murray did the exact same dunk as Josh Allen, it would look more impressive coming yes. from Kyler Murray and he'd get more points from the uh, the But Shaq what we're going to do, because I know panel. a lot of you are going to do this this summer, we are doing starting NFL quarterbacks. Damn it. We are doing <laughs> starting NFL quarterbacks pool dunk rankings. Splash. Nice. Thanks. So, what it really is is ranking how do you think the NFL quarterbacks would rank if they were doing dunks in a pool, right. which everyone's going to do this summer. And one of the first things I thought about was man, like, do I really think that Ryan Fitzpatrick? And then I thought. Yo, I bet you Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to have like that secret dunk that no one's seen where he like throws it behind his back, catches it, and then like splashes out the pool and like the Fitzpatrick like ah, like the look. Yeah. He has the showmanship where he might actually be up there. 
So there's there's criteria, if you don't mind, because you haven't made your list yet. No, 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 no. I'm just shooting the shit right what, now. Because you have to you have to sort of establish some criteria, at least for me. Like I love that you do this. Yeah, uh, for me, like that eagerness is definitely up there, right? Like because if someone's too cool for school. Right, I, I think a couple of these quarterbacks, they might be like, "I'm not dunking in the pool." You know, the guy at the pool party that's just like sitting on a. I lawn don't know chair. if Roethlisberger's taking his shirt off. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. Like, that's another thing too. My problem with Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to get to my my ideas. <laughs> I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to destroy your hoop with ah. one dunk. I wouldn't, doesn't he seem like a, a hoop hanger? Yeah, not my problem. You got a cheap ass hoop, <laughs> right? Yeah. Fisher Price crap. <laughs> All right, wait, so what are your guidelines? Uh, jumping abilities is obviously huge because more hang time you yep. get. But yep. this is both vertical and broad jump, right? Yes. You need to get like that vertical. If you're coming off the side, you yes. need to be able to get a lot of horizontal distance yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Creativity, right? Improvisation in the Super air. Super big. And then uh, I think this is like an underrated part of a pool dunk, the ability to assemble a fun-ass crew for multi-person dunks. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is doing solo missions, but Josh Allen might throw it to Sam Darnold, who might throw it to Baker. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I was thinking like cities and teams that like Jared Goff might be able to put, like just that offense seems like a bunch of fun young dudes. Like he gets cooks involved. Oh, you're bringing another team. That's a big time pool party. Well, yeah, Jared Goff hosts a pool party and doesn't bring his offensive skill position players. Like they're going to be pissed. I didn't think about that. Well, I'm just ma- I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, 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 you haven't yeah. made your list yet. No, we I can haven't. talk this out. Okay. So what are some things that came to your mind? Uh, Josh Allen, of course, 33 and a half inch vertical, 119 inch broad jump. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which is actually one inch more than Josh Allen's broad jump. I see Josh Allen chugging a beer, going up between the legs, behind like the head. Oh, he'll get props. Yeah, yeah. And go through a table. Oh yeah. Right. Like True buff- maybe jump off of a table. Jump off of a table and then through a different table. It's pretty good. Uh, Andy Dalton, I feel like just most of the redheads in my life don't like to spend all day perfecting a dunk with their shirt off. Might get sunburned. Might get sunburned. Super susceptible. It should, it should just be factored in, I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, bring your aloe fair. vera. I'm going to add in that Derek Carr is going to be very high on my list. If you guys remember, Derek Carr would have pool basketball games against Khalil Mack. Mm. And so I and he claims that he's dunked on Khalil Mack in a pool. So I know that Derek Carr... He's used to it. Like, he's got the familiarity down, which is very important in my ranking. Khalil Mack would probably be my number one for the base of playing pool chicken. Wow, Get that's up on really his shoulders. good. Miles Garrett's up there, too. Aaron Donald. Khalil I mean, Mack's like, what is he, like 6'6"? Six, six? You got that, like, nice high leverage. Calais Campbell is the perfect <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Get on my shoulders, Adam. Uh, I mentioned Big Ben would destroy your hoop. Jared Goff could assemble a really great L.A. crew. I mean, what a a thing that would be if he could get some, like, celebrity L.A. fans, get Magic Johnson involved, get Jack Nicholson involved, and just, like, create, like, a celebrity pool dunk contest. And then out of nowhere, McVay steps up, takes his sunglasses, and goes, that was Cooks to Woods to Goff. Dunk. Nice. Man, he remembers everything. (laughs) And then, uh, finally, Patrick Mahomes. I just like the idea of no-look passes in your your group pool dunks. Blindfold dunk by Mahomes? That's what I'm saying. So This is going to be really hard. There, there's a lot of good candidates. Does Rivers out there. not dunk? He just yells at the young kids for running at the pool. Right. Yes. When you have nine kids, you don't go in the pool. You you sit on a high chair with zinc oxide on your nose, and you look down at the pool, and you make sure that everyone's safe. Tom Brady. Tom Brady watches other people dunk, and then gets super angry, and then spends the entire year only focused on getting better at pool dunking. It's like. Hey, uh, did you hear that Tom Brady missed like four weeks of practice? Yeah, apparently he's just in his backyard perfecting his pool dunks. Kyler might be up there. Because I think Kyler might be the one dude that's like young and reckless enough to do like a front flip dunk. And he's a multi-sport athlete. Multi-sport athlete. 
All right, this is exciting. So you guys, and then Eli <laughs> just always gets the shaft in every list. That should be the running gag. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it's been. We're, we're waiting to find the list where Eli we just shoots to the top. Most likely quarterback best at catching flies in his mouth. Uh, so you guys hit me up on social. Hit me up on my personal one, at Adam Lefko, and let me know what I need to know for the quarterback rankings before I do them for best pool dunker. Uh, fun episode. A little bit of woe. 133 where we got very emotional quarterback rankings and an interview with Danny Green. Nick, play that funky music. Uh, appreciate all of you guys, homies, for bringing your 33%. Love y'all very much. Next week, I am not going to be here, but we already have a podcast in the can. Mm-hmm. It will be good. It is with Ross Tucker. So all the Tuckettes and the Tuckers, I guess, uh, will be joining us. Ingber, have a great weekend. You too. Enjoy yourself. Thank you as always. Love y'all. Holla, holla, holla. See you later. <laughs>